Welcome back to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast with Jeff Lyle. Traditions enslave us, trends deceive us, but the truth of God's word never ceases to transform us. Join us now for another stretch of the soul as Jeff calls us to think hard on what we say we believe and to know more deeply why we believe it. Here's today's word for all the Mavericks and the Misfits. You guys drink coffee. Most most people I know drink coffee in the world of Christians. It is like a subculture. Uh, you've got people that like our coffee connoisseurs. Um, most churches now serve coffee. And there are some Christians who just like don't believe in ingesting any caffeine at all. And from a health standpoint, that's probably <laughs> the better move. But um, like like a lot of other things, we, we sometimes make allowances for the things that we really, really like. And uh, I enjoy a good cup of coffee. I, I'm not a coffee snob. Um, like I'll drink, I'll drink gas station coffee if I have to, I don't typically stop by to get some, but if I'm really tired and that's, you know, all that's available, I'll do it. But I usually have one cup of coffee a day and, um, it kind of just, um, gets my morning started off. It's probably just more a part of my routine than anything. So, uh, I'm saying all of that just to say, mm, hope you had a cup this morning. Hope it was a good cup. Hope maybe you're having one right now. If you're listening in the morning. And uh, I'm drinking one. So the whole reason I just spent a minute and 20 seconds telling you about all that is because you're going to hear me sipping on some coffee because I didn't get it in before I started recording today. Got a tight schedule today. And I really want to talk to you about something that I'm currently preaching a sermon series on at the church at Winder. And man, it's really stirring in me like hard. And I feel like, um, you know, anything from the Bible is good stuff to preach on anything. It is the word of God. So if you are treating the truth of scripture uh, in a way that's honorable, you can really go anywhere in the Bible and say this is a profitable part. Some parts are more profitable than others in a practical sense, but it's all the word of God. But um, months ago, many months ago, really probably going back six months, seven months ago, God started stirring my mind and my heart to um, really explore this issue of how we're leading and organizing our churches, what's the structure of church. Uh, if you went to Bible college or seminary, you know the term church polity. What is the actual structure of a church and is it in line with scripture as it pertains to how that church is led? Um, I think that most churches have functional leadership but functional does not necessarily equal biblical. And I am convinced of this after, um, you know, 25 years in pastoral ministry vocationally. Um, I'm convinced that most churches, because they don't follow the biblical blueprint for how a church family and a church missionally is to be organized and led, there are components of frustration among those that are church members and those that are church leaders. We guys, I'm just going to be honest with you in the West. We just don't do it very often like the Bible pictures. And so here I am at, you know, almost 52 years old in the back stretch of my vocational ministry as a pastor. And I'm like, man, we got to fix this. <laughs> I, I just am not willing to let this thing go unaddressed anymore. And quite honestly, you know, my, my, Probably my biggest hope is that um, this will impact leaders or um, even if you're not vocationally in ministry, but you're a leader in the kingdom, that you'll consider what I have to say. And I am talking primarily about local church, but because I'm going to talk about it in a biblical uh, context, 
it has a massive ripple effect outside of the context of local church. It's really not just a local church kind of issue when the passage I'm going to read you from Ephesians 4 um, is really a big C church passage that has a local church uh, application. Let me take a sip of coffee before I read to you. You may turn into Ephesians 4. I'm going to just read verses um, really 11 through 15, and it's commonly referred to as a fivefold um, teaching. And so if you're familiar with the term fivefold, um, you need to be biblically informed on really what is it and where do you find it and what does it mean. If you've never really explored fivefold ministry, that's the whole reason I'm doing this episode. <clears throat> Excuse me, and we'll probably do some more episodes on this. Let me grab a, kip, a sip of this coffee. Oh man, that's good stuff. That's Javalia coffee. Loving it. Ephesians four eleven. Speaking of Jesus Christ, it says he gave, and he's talking about he gave to the church to the body of Christ, to the kingdom. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. But rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way uh, into him, into Christ, who is the head. All right, that's a fivefold. That's the foundational passage for fivefold paradigm in church leadership. Very quickly, when you hear the phrase fivefold, it's, it's expressing gifted people that Jesus Christ sends, raises up, calls, endorses, authorizes, and commissions to lead in his church. And there are what we call five offices that are mentioned in these verses. I'm going to read them to you again as they're written. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. Uh, you may have a different translation, but they basically say the same thing. You have the apostles that Jesus gave to the church. So you got apostolic leadership. You have the prophets. This is prophetic leadership. The evangelists, that is obviously evangelistic leadership. The shepherds, that is pastoral leadership. And teachers, that is instructional leadership. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors or shepherds, and teachers, that's five offices. And verse 12 of Ephesians 4 says why they why Jesus intentionally gave these leaders to the church to equip the saints, to equip Christians for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So Ephesians 4, 11, 12 says God, specifically it says Jesus Christ, when he ascended to heaven, released leadership in the church, human leaders that God Almighty ordains, equips, gifts, and commissions to lead in the church. And those categories, again, are apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. This is how God wants the kingdom to be led. This is human leadership. Now, here's the issue that I want to deal with today, because this is kind of like fivefold 101. Real quick, another sip of coffee. Fivefold 101 is just like, Hey guys, 
When you went to church on Sunday, who's the person in charge? Who leads the church? And the answer in America, typically, unless you're in a, you know, a charismatic church that, that has focused on these things historically, but the typical answer is the pastor. Because basically in America, whoever the person in charge is, has been given the title, the pastor. And so the pastor is the person who is leading that local church or pastors are the ones leading the big C church. And I'm going to tell you, while I don't necessarily think that that's a disqualifier, I'm just saying it is, it is incomplete because the pastoral office is one of five and can a pastor, a person strictly gifted, commissioned, equipped, and called by God, can they lead a local church? They can. But I want to just in this, I'm, I'm probably going to do two or three podcasts on this. I'm just feeling it right now. In, in fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, um, we, we need to recognize that pastor is only one of the five. And here's something that's probably going to provoke somebody. Pastors in the early church actually carried the least authority. And they're mentioned um, next to last. And teachers are mentioned last. And then evangelists and working way backwards, prophets, apostles. And so when the early church was being formed, the paradigm seems to have been that apostolic leaders were the ones who carried the most God-ordained authority. Prophets were second beneath them. Evangelists are mentioned third, then pastors, then teachers. But all of them, all of the fivefold offices were to work together for the purpose expressed in verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. All of the fivefold offices were to cooperate, never compete, never, never, never compete, always cooperate in their God-given roles, the people that were, were given to the church, they were given to cooperate so that the saints, the body of Christ, the general population of Christians in that local area would be equipped to carry out the work of ministry. So the saints were to do the bulk of the ministry according to Ephesians 4.12, but the ministry given to the fivefold leaders was to equip the saints, working together to equip the saints for that ministry so that the body of Christ would be edified or built up in that area. And then verse 13 says, so that the, all of the Christians could a- attain to a unity of faith. So a harmony in what was believed, a harmony in the knowledge of the Son of God. And then it introduces this phrase in verse 13, unto mature manhood. That means to grow up. And the growing up, the maturing, is referenced at the end of verse 13. What is the measure of our maturity? To the stature of the fullness of Christ. And what that tells me is we're never done growing up because not a single one of us, not me talking or you listening, is going to say, yeah, Jeff, I've matured. I'm, I'm done. I am at the, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Nobody's going to say that because that would be foolish. Nobody has arrived to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. So the, the fivefold offices are always to be cooperating in leadership in, a, I believe, in a local church or in a region or in a cooperative fellowship of churches. But we need these leaders. And so I want to talk to you about that for the remainder of today's podcast. And then I want to break it down a little bit further in 
if you're like really interested in me going a little deeper on each one of these, um, by the time this podcast is released, I'll be in the middle of that series that I'm preaching at the church at Winder, you can go to Transforming Truth's YouTube page and you can probably get the first couple of sermons if you want to unpack them. So look up Transforming Truth on YouTube and just look for these five-fold messages that should be near the top of the list. Another sip of coffee. All right, so let me, let me just give you this. I'm going to explain what the problem is in the church in America. I've already referenced it. Everybody thinks the pastor is the person that's the one-stop shop for all the leadership that a church needs. And it is a woefully inadequate view of church structure and church leadership. Because the pastor probably carries a heavier element of one of the five-fold offices than the pastor carries of the other four. What do I mean by that? Well, the person in charge in the typical American church, I'm in the Bible Belt, so I mean, this is just the paradigm down here. You may live in a different part, and I know a lot of charismatic churches have bishops, and they have apostles, and they have prophets. I'm going to deal with the issue of apostles even. I was raised up in a different denomination, and so we were taught that apostles stopped at the end of the first century, and we were taught that prophets did too, and literally that all that was left was evangelist pastors and teachers. Now, there was never any reason given for saying there is no longer apostolic or prophetic leadership. It was just told me. I was trained in that, literally, in seminary, that, okay, the the pastor became the catch-all. So the apostles are gone. The prophets are gone. We don't need that. We have the written word of God. We don't need apostles. We don't need signs and wonders. We don't need prophets because prophets spoke before the written word of God was complete. When the written word of God was complete, the gift of prophecy died and prophets died. And so everything became evangelist, you win them to Jesus. Teachers, you disciple them. And pastors, you are the one-stop shop for every kind of leadership that a church needs. And that is not biblical. You hear me on that. Nowhere in the scripture do you find that. There is, throughout the book of Acts, throughout the epistles, you find a co-laboring of apostolic leadership, prophetic leadership, instructional leadership by teachers, evangelistic leadership by um, the evangelist. And then you have the care and the, the concern and the tending to the flock by pastors. And so in the American church, everybody says the pastor is supposed to have every gift and every ability, every shred of wisdom, every instinct to lead us And he or she is the one-stop shop for church leadership. And that is why I submit to you that the church is not as strong as she should be um, in this present season. It is because we have forsaken God's design. Listen, I'm just going to say it. We have forsaken God's design to lead the church. Because when I read in Ephesians 4 that Jesus Christ, upon his ascension back to heaven far above all the heavens, Ephesians 4.10, in order to fulfill all things, he gave apostles, he gave prophets, he gave evangelists, he gave shepherds or pastors, and he gave teachers. So that that fivefold cooperative ministry might equip the saints so that they could carry on the bulk of the work of the ministry. You know why churches are anemic? Because we pay the pastor to do it all. And the pastor may actually be an amazing shepherd tending to people, loving people, visiting people, caring for people, 
I'm counseling people, comforting people, marrying and burying. And yes, that pastor probably has some teaching ability. Um, Maybe that pastor is evangelistic, but chances are that that pastor has a heavy endowment from God in one of the areas of the fivefold, and it's probably not as heavy in the other. So what does that mean? It means if the pastor is the one-stop shop, then the pastor and the ministry of that church is going to be completely lopsided. It's going to be out of balance. Why? Because God says we need all five offices, at least in functionality, that are in play in the leadership of a local church. So I'd like to paint this picture of an airline process. So most of you listening have been to airports and most of you have been on planes. So there's a process. What's the process? Well, first process is you buy your ticket. Second process is you board the plane. Third process is that somebody's going to fly the plane. When the plane's up in the air, another process is that there is um, flight attendants. There are flight attendants moving up and down the aisles, taking care of all the needs of the passengers. Um, an unseen process is that there were mechanics that made sure everything was in proper working order on the plane. And a rarely thought of process is, especially in this um, uh, post-terrorism world that we're living in, or current terrorism, uh, there is the um, federal marshal who's unseen by anybody, but uh, that federal marshal is keeping their eye on any sign of danger, and they're there to protect. So what does that have to do with the local church? Well, follow me on this. This is just a very simple, almost feel like we're in vacation Bible school, but I want you to get the picture of that plane and that process being the, the life and the ministry of a local church. So let's walk back through it. Um, the office of the evangelist is the person that makes sure that everybody is prepared to get on board. I don't like using this phrase, but they have their ticket punched. They have the proper approval to get on board. The evangelists make sure everybody gets in the church and they do that through emphasizing more than anything else, presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, calling people to faith and repentance. And that evangelist is usually the point of first contact. When we come into the kingdom, somebody shares the gospel with us. And I know this isn't accurate. Y'all please don't email me on this, but I'm just saying you get your ticket. You get your ticket. And so you're in the church through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through repentance and faith in Christ, and the evangelist helped you to do that. Okay, now you're getting on board the plane. You're in the kingdom. You're in the church. Well, you got on that plane, and um, you know what? You have a reasonable expectation that somebody's going to be there to care for you. Um, And those are the flight attendants. And I, I just picture the flight attendants as the shepherds or the pastors. The shepherds and the pastors, they move up and down the aisle. They look at each person. They are making personal contact. They are asking, do you have everything you need? And they are also saying, this is how things are done on this plane. I want to make sure you're ready for the flight. And I want you to know that if you need me, I'm here for you. My job is to anticipate your need or to discern your need or to hear you when you communicate your need. And I am here to help you. And that is a beautiful picture of what a true biblical office of pastor is. Again, I'll come back to this, probably not much in this episode, but in another one. We have made the pastors the authority, like the office of pastor is the one-stop shop for authority. But the, the true biblical 
blueprint is that the pastors were the ones that were hand-to-hand, eye-to-eye, face-to-face, meeting, shepherding, caring, and tending to the practical needs of the flock. It was actually, in the early church, less authority. It was less authority. So back to the airplane illustration, um, the church is moving I want you to get this. The church is moving. The church has a destination. Jesus Christ, (laughs) I'm just going to stick with this metaphor, is the owner of the airline. And he has determined that the process is to get people where they need to go. And so the church is under the headship of Jesus Christ. And he's taking us into glory to glory, faith to faith growing, moving, advancing, arriving, and then doing it all over again. And so the goal is not to live on the plane. The goal is to let the plane take you where you're supposed to go. So who makes that happen? Well, it's the pilot. The pilot is the one who is, um, I don't want to, I don't know the right word. He is flying the plane, almost said driving the plane. He's flying or she is flying the plane. Who is that representing in the fivefold? That is the apostolic leadership. The apostolic leadership understands the destiny, understands how to get everybody there safely. The pilot typically isn't going to be surrounded with a ton of the people on the plane. The pilot is to stay focused on the instrument panel to get his or her signals and saying, this is the way, this is where we go, this is what we do at this moment, this is what's on the radar, this is where we're landing, this is how we get everybody from point A to point B, and then we do it all over again. That's apostolic leadership. Apostolic, and we'll talk about whether or not you believe there are apostles. Let me just go on the record saying, I do believe there are apostles today, but I'm going to throw this disclaimer in. I believe they're fewer and farther between than we could ever imagine. In the early church, there were not that many apostles, and it seems today that every dude that that wants a position of authority has got a business card that says apostle so-and-so on it. Come on, guys. I don't believe that, but that's for a different time. I do believe there are some apostles, and even if a person doesn't hold the office of an apostle, there is certainly apostolic leadership where Jesus Christ has positioned leaders to function in apostolic, visionary, almost entrepreneurial leading of the people to the place that God wants to take that local church or that ministry or that region. So the apostle has to stay in the cockpit. The apostle cannot walk up and down the aisles. He he or she's got to fly the plane. And so what's happening is that our churches are so addicted to the flight attendants meeting their every need that nobody's flying the plane. Think of how silly it would be for you and I to board a plane and all we do is sit in our chair while the flight attendants walk up and down the aisles asking us what we need and how they can meet that need. But we actually never take off. We never hit the runway. We never lift off. We never, we never hit the, the, the atmosphere. We, we actually never arrive in another place. We're just sitting on the tarmac getting our needs met. That's the state of affairs for a lot of churches. And sadly, that's the expectation of a lot of church members. I'm to get on this plane. I'm to get into the church. And whoever is in charge needs to move up and down the aisles of my life, making sure all my needs are met. And that is not Bible. And sadly, a lot of pastors are under that kind of pressure to meet all of the needs. No, listen, we need apostolic leadership. We need vision. We need destination. We've got to be able to get to where God is calling us to be. So let me wrap up this metaphor here with the remaining offices. What about, what about the, the teachers? What are they? 
Well, they're the people that make sure they're the mechanics. I call them the air uh, airplane mechanics. I have a friend, his name is Art, and Art spent, um, I don't know how many, a couple of few decades as a Delta mechanic, and all he did was work on planes. Nobody ever really uh, saw Art. Art didn't fly the plane. Art didn't move up and down the aisles, making sure everybody was taken care of. His wife was a flight attendant, and her name's Cleveland, and together, Art and Cleveland, Art was the, he was the mechanic, making sure all the nuts and bolts were in the right place making sure everything was in proper working order, making sure that all of the um, fluids were there, all of the valves were there, all of, all, I don't know anything about planes, but just everything in the engine and in the functional com- uh, 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 components of the plane were in proper working order. That's the office of a teacher. An office of a teacher knows how things work, gets into the nitty gritty, gets into the nuts and bolts, gets into the details. And can help make sure that the plane is operating exactly as the one who designed the plane to operate. That's what a teacher does. A teacher makes sure things are in the right order. And we need those men and women in our churches. Because if not, the plane crashes. Do you get me? You can have an amazing apostolic pilot. You can have the most uh, intentional flight attendants in the world that are meeting every need. But if you, and you can have the evangelist, you can have the ticket giver sell all the seats out on every plane all the time. Place will be packed. The plane will be packed. The church will be packed. But if the mechanic doesn't make sure everything is working according to its design, if the teacher doesn't tell people this is how this thing's supposed to work, then the plane crashes. And it doesn't matter how good your pilot is or your flight attendants or your ticket. The whole thing goes down. So teachers, I do believe that we're in the year of the teacher. This is huge. This is important. I don't have time to go into it today, but I will if I take a whole episode and talk about teachers. It's so important. So, so we've, got the, we've got the evangelists. We've got the apostles. We've got the pastors. We've got the teachers. And now the last one is the prophetic office. Well, who in the world in that illustration, Jeff, of the airline and the plane, <laughs> where are the prophets? Well, get this. The federal marshal, you know, on every flight now, there's a federal marshal. You don't know who he or she is, but they're there and their job is to keep an eye open at all times, to see the danger, to remedy the danger. That's a watchman in the biblical term. And I believe that the prophetic office in the church has a high calling to discern what's going on at a deeper level. While everybody else is focused on other things, the prophetic office, the prophets in our churches, they see the big picture. They see what's going on. They see the danger and they take care of business. They protect those in the church from the danger that could be among us. And so, guys, I know this illustration is a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit children's churchish, but I actually think it works. It puts it into a mentality. So here's the thing. Every single flight needs every single one of those components. Uh, The plane is empty if the, the ticket sales don't happen and the person doesn't make sure everybody gets on board according to what the regulations are. That's the evangelist. The plane will be empty. Uh, the plane will crash if the teacher or the mechanic doesn't make sure everything is working as the designer has said it should work. Um, listen, you can have an apostle flying the plane, but if there aren't pastors walking up and die, down the aisles meeting the needs of people, it'll be mayhem eventually. People get sick. People get hungry. People get discouraged. People don't know what to do. Chaos can break out. So you got to have people keeping order and taking care of the needs, and those are the shepherds. And, and then you, you, you've got this amazing thing called the apostle flying the plane. 
thank God, listen, this is really where I'm at right now. I'm like, somebody has to stay in the cockpit and make sure the plane gets to where it's supposed to go. And if you don't want to be on a plane where the pilot is walking down the aisle saying, can I get you a beverage? Would you like a cookie? Would you like some nuts? How are you feeling? Can I get a pillow for your head? You don't want the pilot doing that. Why? Because if he or she is doing that, then nobody's flying the plane. And apostles, I want to say this, you that are gifted and called apostolically, you have to stay in the cockpit, but you also have to make sure in your church that there are people that are pastoring and taking care of the people. You can't just get in the cockpit and say, bless God, I'm an apostolic leader. I'm going to get us to where we need to go. And then behind you on the other side of that wall, that cockpit wall, there is just confusion. There is uh, unhealth. There is nobody taking care of the people. And so, and by the way, you don't want the flight attendant in the cockpit flying the plane. You don't want that. You want the pilot flying the plane. You don't even want the mechanic flying the plane. They, they may be able to fly the plane a little bit better than a flight attendant, but you still don't want the mechanic in there. And God help us. We thank God for the evangelist, but we don't want an evangelist running the church. You don't. Apologies ahead of time to my evangelistic friends. Y'all will pack the church out, but you'll never train them. You'll never teach them. They'll never know how things are supposed to work. And you typically won't take care of their needs. You'll just turn them into evangelists. And that's an unhealthy church. So, well, Jeff, which one's the most important? None of them and all of them are the most important in the sense of none of them are more important than others because they each have a unique function. And all of them are essential to work together. That's why I said at the beginning, these cannot be in competition with each other. And so I'm going to circle back to this. I hope you've been edified by it. I'm going to circle back to it and we'll do another episode on it. But think about the plane you're in. And by the way, think about it, especially if you have aspirations to church leadership. Which one are you? Are you an apostolic pilot? Are you a nuts and bolts teacher? Are you a, I'm going to care for the people flight attendant? Are you a prophetic watchman who makes sure that no danger gets on board? And if it does, that prophet, that, 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 um, that guard takes care of it? Or are you an evangelist who says, I just want to get people on the plane? And none of them are better than others. Jesus Christ calls, equips, and gifts people to fulfill these offices. And when we work in them, in our local churches, that's the healthiest expression of the local church you'll find anywhere. But if you expect your pastor or pastors to do it all, your expectations are unreasonable biblically, and you're going to be frustrated, especially if over time you clearly see which area they're not doing well. And I will say to all of you that are pastors, and some of you are, you need to recognize God probably hasn't given you expertise in all five areas. And if you're trying to do all five areas, that's why you're feeling frustrated, burned out, discouraged, and defeated. What we need to do is return to a five-fold paradigm of leadership in our local churches, and we will see great fruit in these last days. All right, my time is gone. I hear the music. Thanks for tuning in. As always, you can visit transformingtruth.org. Take advantage of the video resources there, social media links, my blog, all of that stuff. If you want to help me out and you want to support this ministry, get a copy of my book, Figuring It Out As I Go. You can buy it on Amazon or wherever you buy books or you can get a signed copy at jefflyle.com um, come to be a part of the church at winder we're about to employ this five-fold approach i've been here a little over a year and we see we need the hand of god on us and i hope that wherever you are you're seeing the same hand of god on what you're doing peace we'll see you next time thanks for listening to today's episode of mavericks and misfits if you are helped by what jeff shared today 
please take a moment to rate and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or Spotify. Your review helps us enlarge our digital footprint to reach more potential listeners every week. Also, please take advantage of the free written and video resources made available at transformingtruth.org. Join us again every Tuesday for a brand new episode of Mavericks and Misfits.